welcome to another edition of the Good Food Fellas. How's it going, Gennaro? Going on dynamite today because we have, first of all, our favorite birthday boy on and crazy mad chef that always, you know, comes on the show and throws it down with us. So, I mean, what can we say? Two words, Roland. What is it? Michael Simon. Happy <laughs> by. Oh, gosh. Thanks for having me. Thanks for you having have, me. You have a new book, Simple Simon Suppers. It's out now on Amazon. I love the book. Uh, can you tell us what, the, um, what inspired the book and the recipes that you made? Um, yeah, so, I mean, basically the book, the, the, the premise of the book is, you know, growing up Greek and Sicilian, we always had Sunday suppers at the house. And every single Sunday, my mom had people over, you know, it was anywhere between 8 and 30 people. Um, and it's something that Liz and I have really continued to do through, you know, most of our lives. Like if we're not traveling, almost a guarantee that we have people over Sunday for dinner. Um, so that was kind of the jumping off point of the book. And then we're like, eh, you know, like as a kid, basically the Sunday supper was always the same. You know, it was homemade cavatelle sauce, uh, you know, big Greek salad, um, you know, she usually made spanakopita, and like it was like a Greek, a Greek Sicilian mashup kind of thing. Um, and so what Liz and I started doing is basically for 52 weeks, you know, we had people for dinner and did a different kind of theme and different meal every week, um, including holidays. And it turned into these, uh, you know, the book is a, basically a combination of 52 weeks of recipes um and 52 kind of complete dinners so people would go through the book i mean they could certainly mix and match but we paired full meals um and then we put cocktails in the back and desserts in the back and things like that so um it, it's just like look if you want to entertain or if you want to cook for your family whether it's weekly bi-weekly every day um you know there's 180 recipes in here to choose from but 52 complete thoughts Michael, speaking about Italian food and Sundays, I heard through the drop of vine that you went to my favorite Italian restaurant in the world, my second home, Emilio's Bellato in New York City. How was that with Chef Anthony? Oh, it was great. We, we saw Anthony. Um, we saw Emilio. It was nice. You know, I haven't been there for a hot second. Um, when Liz and I used to live in the city, we we, we got there a good amount, you know, um, both together or with just friends, you know, we had Bobby's 50th there, you know, so, it, you know, we've, uh, it's a restaurant that I really love. It's, you know, the food's so comfortable, arguably the best baked clams in the world. Um, but just, it's, it's just such a comfortable place. It is just a really comfortable place. Beautiful. Yeah. I love how you're in the kitchen now. Um, how was your summer this year? Cause we're hitting right into the fall. I, you know, it was like, it didn't exist. It, like it, it was, you know, I usually try to take a, a couple weeks in the summer to kind of chill, regroup, um, all those things. But, man, it was in, in the best of ways. It was busy. Like I just had a very busy um, summer between the, you know, getting ready for the book launch. Um, we filmed another year of Simon's Dinners, which, you know, that always takes a couple weeks. Um, I share I filmed another show for the Food Network that will be coming out in spring that we, we can't announce quite yet. But. Uh, a primetime show that I'm very excited about. So I was out in LA for that for quite a bit. Um, just a, a, a decent amount of work travel 
Um, so I wasn't home as much as I typically like to be in the summer. So summer went really fast. Um, it, it was a fast already? summer. Say it again. They were in the fall already. No, it's shocking. I mean, like, so we were, we went, Liz and I were in the city this weekend with some friends. Um, and, you know, you know, obviously we went to meals and everything and went to see our friend Grace Potter on a Saturday in a monsoon um, at Pier 17. But like, someone's like, oh my God, it's first day of fall. I'm like, what? <laughs> what, what just happened? Like, I mean, I should have been that surprised. I mean, I know it's always five days after my birthday, but it still surprised me for some reason. <laughs> Michael, you are everywhere. What I love is that this book that you came out with is kind of like a companion book to some of the things you do online and your videos and also your show. It was that meant to kind of like lead people to kind of get back in the kitchen, be around the table with each other. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, like one of the things that, I mean, this is going back. I've been very fortunate, I guess, in in the world of television, like I've always kind of got to do shows that truly are relatively representative of my life. You know, um, I mean, even, I mean, Iron Chef was very, a very good representation of me as a chef. Um, you know, uh, Simon Suppers that we did on the Food Network years ago was, you know, I would have on my mom, I would have on my dad, I would have on friends. It was very much how I go through life and then I get to do the chew, which, you know, literally we're in people's family rooms every single day telling them, you know, or showing them how to get things on the table for dinner. And then the, the pandemic hits and and Simon's dinner just starts up in our house out of necessity. And um, so, yeah, it's it's kind of I would say that this is maybe the most personal book that I've done because um, it's it's like recipes from my childhood all the way till now. Um, not necessarily restaurant recipes, but more like recipes that I grew up eating with my mom and dad, with my grandparents, things that Liz and I cook on the regular, um, you know, some of the things that we've done on Simon's dinners. I'm actually working on a, a pure Simon's dinners cookbook right now. That'll probably be our next book. I don't know if I'm supposed to say that yet, but I, I think that'll probably be our next book. Um, Thanks for the school, Michael. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so, you know, this, this one is more, um, it, 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 it has a lot of the soul, I think of, of what happened during the pandemic and, and where that kind of ended up, but it, it's really kind of like my childhood till now, you know, it's, it's a mix of moms, grandparents, mine and Liz's recipes. Yeah. I mean, right now it's football season. I was watching your, one of your Instagram videos of chili. I made it. It came out very delicious. Oh man, it's a good chili. It's a really good chili. You know, it's it's funny. It's <laughs> the, the whole the whole story with the chili is when I went to culinary school in whatever nineteen eighty seven. You know, from Cleveland, Ohio. Like the only chili I ever had was that Midwestern chili. You know, ground beef, beans, bunch of tomato product, onions, peppers. Cook it down. Call it a day. And uh, we were getting together for for. Uh, for football for for a Sunday football game and um one of my my friends in culinary school is from Austin Texas Stuart Scruggs and he's like who's making what I, you know I'll make cornbread who wants to make chili I'm like I'll make chili and I'm and there's like 12 of us and we go to the the dorm kitchen we cook and then we like go meet in the room and I like come down and I set it down and most of the my friends there were from like New York New Jersey or or uh 
or, you know, the Midwest, but there was one Texan and he looked down and he goes, what the fuck is this? <laughs> I'm like, it's chili. He's like, this isn't chili. What is this shit? Like, I'm like, he goes, all right, next week I'm making the chili, you know, and we all went, we watched them make chili and it was like a revelation. I'm like, wait, there's no beans in your, wait, why is it big chunks of meat? Why aren't there beans? There's no tomato product. Are you kidding me? You know, like, no, dude, you cook the chilies. That I'm like, oh my God. Like I still sometimes put some tomato product in this stuff. Um, but I mean, it is far and away a billion times better than any chili that I ever ate as a kid, you know? Um, and I like, and then I think like, Oh, well maybe like my chili is supposed to be for hot dogs, but it really isn't even for hot dogs because there's beans in it. So I'm like, <laughs> like I, I, you know, even the Midwesternness in me or whatever you want to call it, I, I have no argument that, um, Midwestern chili is better than Texas chili. <laughs> uh, who's your team? My team's the Browns. I mean, you know, born and raised Cleveland boy. And we actually won this week. So we'll, uh, we'll take it. We'll take it. I still miss Baker, but you know, he, he got beat up last night, but we'll, uh, so I, I cheer a little bit. I mean, I cheer for the Browns cause I'm Cleveland, you know, CLE till death. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I had a rooting en- interest in Tampa Bay last night too. My mind is Kansas <laughs> Oh, you're a Chiefs fan. Boy, that's hard. You're, you're a Kansas, so that's tough. Um, I, no, I feel my, so bad for you. Mine is because of Taylor Swift. She convinced oh, me. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Prior to being a Chiefs fan, were you a Patriots fan? No, I was uh, <laughs> last year. I'm that fan. <laughs> yeah. You're a front runner. That's what I am. <laughs> Oh, Michael, you've been on the show uh, recently with our show with basic fixing with food, right? So basically making yourself uh, feel better with food. My other favorite book that you do is Carnivore. So I think this, you bring together everything because even you have an index here for those people that follow the fixing it with food. Um, how important is that for you to kind of like bring the protein and the produce together to show how important they both are for good health? Oh, incredible. I mean, like, you know, one of the things we really wanted to make sure that we continued with with this book was was putting that chart in the back for people that are looking to, you know, um, control inflammation and things like that. So they could do that throughout this book. Also, Um, you know, the focus of this book was getting around the table with family. But, you know, I still don't want to lose all those other things that we've worked so hard on and helped people with um, along the way, you know, being able to control my inflammation with diet was a big light bulb moment for me and, and, it, and still is. So, um, you know, I was actually just between filming Simon's dinners, um, and then being in this, you know, travel and then being in the city for five days, like I've been on a little bit of a food bender. So it's like, I need to, I like, I'm achy. Like, I mean, for me, it's just, it's, you know, for me, it's sugar and dairy. I mean, those are my triggers, but, um, and I ate too much of both of those over the past like three weeks. So, um, you know, I, the, the, I start to get some aches and pains. So I got to, you know, get back on the bus and, but that's, you know, I'm, I'm never going to go through life and like say, I'm not reading that again. I'm not eating, you know, it just, it's not realistic. It's not, I think when people try to do those kind of things is when they, um, you know, they fail. So, I mean, there's going to be times where, you know, if I want an ice cream cone, I'm going to eat an ice cream cone, but um, it's kind of like when you have the third bourbon, like, I think I've said this to you guys before. It's like, you know, if you have two bourbons, you'll feel pretty okay in the morning. You know, if you have three or four, you're going to feel like shit, but sometimes you have three or four, <laughs> you, know? So, um, you know, that's kind of my relationship with sugar and dairy. It's like, you know, I know like 
Parmesan isn't going to mess me up, but fresh mozzarella will. But sometimes I just really want fresh mozzarella, you know? And speaking of delicious donuts, Granny Stone Coffee and Donuts in Sac Harbor, how's that going? That's good. That's my, that's our kid's place. Um, he's killing it. He's actually getting ready to open an up and open up another one in East Hampton. Um, he opened Grindstone initially seven, I think seven or eight years ago. Um, and he's been really successful. You know, he makes, uh, 72 hour fermented brioche donuts. Um, you know, he makes this really beautiful dough with all local ingredients and they roast their own coffee and, um, you know, he's, he's, uh, I'm super proud of him. He's, you know, he, he opened up this little donut shop in Sag Harbor eight years ago and 800 square feet. And, um, you know, and he's, he's made up a, a great little career out of it. Michael, since we're on the subject of bourbon, you have Simon's picks for a new bourbon company. How'd you get involved with the bourbon company? So we started up this little bourbon company called river roots. Um, Michael Boland, who, has worked with Liz and I for gosh, a price somewhere between 15 and 17 years now in that vicinity um, managed, you know, it was a assistant manager, Lola, then a manager, Lolita, then, you know, kind of oversaw several restaurants um, now oversees Mabel's and, and, is a complete bourbon geek. I mean, a giant bourbon geek where he, he, I mean, I would make the argument that Mabel's in downtown Cleveland may have, it certainly, if it doesn't have the best, it has one of the best bourbon lists in America. I think he, he has 280 labels in there right now um, with a lot of really hard to find juice. Um, and, you know, he started talking and he's like, you know, we get to taste all this stuff that no one else gets to taste. Like we'll go into private tastings and, it's not it's not barrels that they're tapping into and selling. It's it's maybe their private hooch and you know that kind of stuff. So we started up this little company where um essentially we find barrels that we love, we buy the barrels from the maker in Kentucky, um, and then we just tap into the barrels and pour single barrel bourbons. Um, and, you know, like right now we have a five year going and we have a 13 year port barrel aged one. Uh, the port barrel aged one, we were only able to get one one barrel of. So about 200 bottles. Um, the five year we got uh, eight barrels of. Um, so, you know, roughly 1600 bottles. But like it's because they're individual barrels, the flavors change from barrel to barrel. You know, I mean, that's the nature of the beast because we're not blending, we're not mixing, we're not trying to get the proof to a certain point. We're just plugging in and 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 pouring pouring the hooch. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's it's a lot of fun. I mean, it's dangerous sometimes too. Like the port one is 146 proof. So I mean, it's uh, you know, you have like one, and you're like, well, hello. <laughs> well, I'm pouring the hooch is my porn name. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have any unique cooking rituals or habits you do when you're cooking in the kitchen? Um, yeah, or I mean, just... I, I'm, like I'm, I always have a bench scraper on my station. I'm a little weird and OCD about that. Like, I like if it's not there, I kind of get like skittish. Um, you know, I I tend to tap my knife a lot, which I never really realized until i was with 
other people cooking like you know like if i'm just like sitting like talking you know i just i like you know i guess i do this a lot which i didn't even know it's, it's just like a, it's like yeah it's soothing to me it's like a weird tick um i whistle um i whistle sometimes or probably kind of often in the kitchen um again soothing um yeah but nothing i mean everything else is pretty straightforward i'm you know i'm a little crazy about certain things like uh you know everything kind of always has to be in the same spot for me like I, you know i always have my knife on my right my my bench scraper kind of directly above me um any utensils like my coon spoons and stuff like that on my left uh you know but i think that's more habit than it is weird ritual well, i guess it is a weird ritual but <laughs> kind of always have my little trash container in front of me Nice. Michael, how about when it comes to that stuff? Do you ever get nervous? Do you ever kind of like say, what do I have to do today? And it's not as easy as you thought it might be and things don't work out. How do you kind of switch that up? Whether it's with on what? TV I'm or uh, like oh, when you're doing media, right? So when, well, just in I'll general. Out, so, something that has hmm. turned out to be more difficult today, your podcast came at the perfect time. You know, this is the time of year where we get some books delivered to the house so we could ship and sign books to, to people over the holiday season. Um, so they dropped off a pallet of books, two pallets of books. Um, and the guy wouldn't bring them in the driveway. So he dropped them off at the base of the driveway. So we've, we've, um, we were in the pro we were in the process. Um, I'm turning around. Oh, they're all upstairs. That's, I'm so sorry. I wasn't able to finish it helping with those. So we, we had to carry them upstairs to the bedroom, a hundred boxes of books. So, uh, you know, that, that was what, it, you know, I'm more of a, uh, is Tim, my culinary director, is walking behind me, probably giving me the finger right now. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm kind of more of a like. I just grunt my way through shit. Like, um, I, you know, when something goes wrong or something isn't right, I kind of sit down, take a breath, maybe have an espresso, um, and and then I'm just all right. Let's go. You know, let's just figure it out. Like, who has time to sit and like pout and you know bitch and moan and like it does it does nothing it, it does nothing so it's like i have a moment take a deep breath have a you know a hooch have some espresso <laughs> you know maybe yell you know drop a couple f-bombs and then i go you know i just put my head down and go how many shots to you? a couple of hooch shots <laughs> oh, a couple of hooch shots yeah you know <laughs> that, that's later in the evening um, are you part of the food festival this year I am. I am. I'm doing a um I'm doing a dinner with um Aisha from uh Chiquette, Um oh, which I'm very cool. excited about. It's it's one of my absolute favorite restaurants in the city right now. I think she's an immensely talented chef. So um really excited to cook with her. We're gonna do, you know, a lot of like uh, Greek Israeli type foods. Oh, and does Bobby Flay get jealous of you when you beat him in the barbecue throwdown? He I, I don't know if he gets jealous. He uh you know, we've been friends for a long time, so we just, it's not, it's never jealousy. It's who gets to talk trash for a hot second. You know, it's the same <laughs> like when we golf. It's like, I'm never like pissed that he won or he's never pissed that I won. But one of us is happy that we could talk shit for at least a day. It feels you good. Know? So <laughs> it's, it's, it's more about, it's never a jealousy or an anger thing, but it's more of joy on the winner because you, you get the privilege of trash talk for a hot second.
<laughs> Michael, a lot of food uh, shots in here, beautiful, literally food porn. Uh, one in particular, this chapter is the desserts one. How was it working with Katie Pickens, which I know you're close with, to kind of develop some of these incredible desserts? Because they are, like you said, they feed a family. Oh, it was great. I mean, you know, Katie had worked with uh, Liz and I for, gosh, about 17 years um, and had done a lot of the pastry. She just got, she just went out on her own recently. She's going to be, um, uh, she's originally from Cleveland. She moved back to Cleveland full time currently. Um, and she's helping other people test recipes for cookbooks with their own little companies. So we're really trying to help her and support her with that. We're super excited for her. Um, but she was incredible. It's like, I, you know, I'm not a pastry chef. So like, basically I would say like, Katie, I want it to taste like this. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of how we did it at Lola for all those years. Like, you know, I had two, you know, James Beard nominated pastry chefs that worked for me back to back. Um, you know, like two of the five best pastry chefs in the country I had at my disposal for 15 years. Um, so like back then, like Corey or with summer, I would just say, you know, I really want a dessert to taste like this. And I'm like, okay, bye. <laughs> like, you know, come back five hours later to I taste it. I'm like, oh yeah, this is perfect. They're like, okay, good. No, leave us alone. Um, so, you know, it's similar with Katie, like she, Katie actually had spent time in the pastry department at Lola, um, before she was one of the sous chefs there before she was our, my culinary director. But, um, so she's, she enjoys baking like she enjoys the measuring and the you know that the science process of that i'm more like i'm instinctual like i'm like okay it needs put a little bit of this and put a little bit of that you can't do that with with baking um so yeah i would say like i want it to taste like this and then she would kind of go into the lab so to speak and come back with the dessert and um, were you cooking tonight for dinner i see some stuff on top of the table well, no, I, I, gosh, I just, you know, I just, as I said, I just got home from the city yesterday and I was so lucky. Um, Chef's Garden, uh, you know, out of Huron, Ohio. Um, I got this beautiful gift box from Chef's Garden with like, um, like a bunch of ground cherries, gooseberries, like beautiful end of the season tomatoes, um, more end of the season tomatoes, a whole mess of, Peppers, spicy and sweet, uh, and great organic carrots. Oh, wow. And then some fun little, you know, petite greens that he grows. This is, you guys have, you guys have met Lee before, Farmer Jones? Yes. My friend on our show, he has a beautiful vegetable cookbook, too. Yeah, he's the best. I mean, we've been friends for, oh, my God, yeah, over 30 years now. Um, such a legend <laughs> he, he's just the best so but he sent me all this beautiful stuff so yeah this is going to end up in dinner I actually had a, a a tomato sandwich for lunch I was thinking with these gooseberries maybe I was going to go get some duck and maybe do a, a, like a pan roasted duck breast or some duck confit with with some gooseberries Michael, you know what Emilio Senior does with those he puts them in with the tomato what Emilio Senior does at Pilatos with those, when I bring them to him, he'll make a beautiful tomato sauce at the end. He puts those in there, and when, once they burst, he takes the sauce off the, and they're perfect with regular tomato sauce. Yeah, I mean, there's I could just eat them like a million of them just like this. Mm -hmm. They they're my they are my favorite. It's in in Cleveland we always call them ground cherries 
Mm-hmm. In Long Island, Long Island, they tend to call them gooseberries more. Mm-hmm. But same same thing. They're I'll great. Be over, I'll be over for dinner. I'll bring the hooch. <laughs> you bring the hooch, baby. Oh, hey, Roman, we got to go to Cleveland. We got to meet up with Michael and the Russo brothers and eat at Michael's. Yeah. <laughs> uh, your new book, uh, what's the one recipe that someone should start off cooking once they get the book, the go-to to kick it off? Oh, man, that's a hard question. You know, oh gosh. I mean, I don't know. Mom's lasagna is always a fun way to go. Um, I think there's a 2.0 version of my mom's lasagna in there. There's a chicken paprikash in there for my grandfather that for this time of year, I think would be really great to make. Um, when getting a little chillier right now. Um the other thing that I love because it's and it's easy, but it's like good childhood memory to me is my grandfather's pretzel crust cheesecake, um, which which is super easy. Even I could make it um, and delicious. Um, what are things that I really love? You know, tomatoes, end of the year tomatoes right now. There's a tomato sale in there, a Greek tomato sale. That's great. Um yeah, there's just, it, it depends how much time you have. The, the one thing about the book that's nice is there's stuff that you can get on the table like in 20, 30 minutes. And then there's some longer process stuff, not like longer prep, but just it's going to take a bit longer to cook, yeah. um, you know, like beef stew and, and things like that. I love all the salads in the book too. All the, um, you know, like there's a shaved care salad in there that's great. Um, there is a, a wheat berry salad in there that I really love, a kohlrabi salad in there that I really love. Because um, I love serving those kind of things with like richer grilled meats just to kind of break up the 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 richness of it. Um, so I think there's some really nice versions of those in there too that are good starting points. Hey, Michael, you mentioned before, I know you went to CIA. Do you ever find yourself like kind of back to school and listening to like your professors when you're teaching people like us at home how to cook kind of mentoring yeah. us as well. Yeah. I mean, teaching is probably my favorite thing to do as a chef. You know, I, I think it's really, to be honest, what separates chefs and restaurants. Like, I mean, there's a misnomer unless the restaurant's very small. I mean, like very, very small. There's a misnomer that every dish made in the restaurant is cooked by the chef, you know, and, that's not the case. So, you know, that being said, the best restaurants tend to have chefs in them that are really good teachers um, because they're, they're teaching their cooks and young chefs how to make things properly or to share their vision and, and, and things of that nature. So, um, you know, I've always prided myself in being a good teacher and, and it, like, I like doing it on television. I like doing it in my kitchens at the restaurants. I like doing it at home. You know, um, I mean, now, like, even with Emmy, who's almost five, our granddaughter, like, she has an interest in cooking. So, like, we love showing her things. She, she's she's four and a half years old. She can make her own scrambled eggs and, and nails them, by the way. Yeah. You know? Wow. Uh, like, she, she, like, she makes proper French creamy scrambled eggs. <laughs> <laughs> Teach her young. Right? <laughs> I think it might be in the blood, too, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, Michael, thank you again for taking the time and uh, tell the people who are lifting the box of the books, bend with your knees, 
always be careful. As they go yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, proper stretching is important. It, you know, do like make sure that they deliver to the door, not to the foot of the driveway, and maybe storing them on the second floor isn't always the best idea. I think what you should do is take one book and just bring it upstairs and goes, guys, we're done. <laughs> see what they do. <laughs> oh, Michael, thank you for doing a great seasonal cookbook too, because this is definitely seasonal and something that everyone should add to their list. And yeah, to the collection. This, this time of the year, I, I think it's going to be really good for people, too, because we included every single holiday in there, I think, which will help people a lot during that time of year. So, you guys, always good to see. I'll see you at New York City Food and Wine. Wine yes. and food. <laughs> All right. Looking forward to Michael. Thank you. A simple Sunday family. Slippers available on Amazon right now. And uh, let's all get some hooch. <laughs> <laughs> <Again>. <laughs>